Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Irish Knicks Fan Podcast where we talk about beer, basketball and business and not necessarily in that order. I'm your host, Brian Evers, so let's get right into it. The Knicks continue to struggle as we've lost our last four games, uh, but in this episode I wanted to break down our valiant effort against the Milwaukee Bucks and an absolute blowout, a crushing defeat against the Mavs. And then to finish off the podcast, we're going to have the triumphant return of Craft Beer Corner. So buckle up and let's go. So despite being three games below 500 at the moment, it's worth noting that this performance against the Milwaukee Bucks was a reminder for the rest of the league that when the Knicks are playing in the flow of the offense, and giving it 100% on both ends of the court that we are just as good as any of the elite teams in the NBA. Uh, this game was decided in the closing seconds uh, by a Grayson Allen uh, dagger three-pointer. Uh, but I just wanted to shine some light on some of our top performers in that game. Julius had another absolutely immense game, finished with 18 points and five assists and eight rebounds. RJ played one of the stronger games that he's played as of late, finished with 26 points, three assists and two rebounds, and really was up for this game. Uh, Jalen Brunson, Mr. Big Show, uh, finished the game with 17 points, five assists and five rebounds. Uh, As always, just a consistent performer, uh, filling up the stat sheet and leading from the front, uh, as we've become so accustomed to him doing. But the biggest shout out of the day has to go to Mr. Mitchell Robinson, who had one of the single greatest uh, performances for a Nick in franchise history, finishing with 15 points and 20 huge rebounds. And if you're looking at, if you're looking for any specific stat as to why we kept it so close against the, you know, one of the favorites to win it all this year, it was because of that type of performance by Mitchell Robinson. Um, you know, I have to <laughs> mention that the books, um, they really showed out this in this game. Uh, Giannis, who's a two-time MVP and who most believe is the single greatest player in the NBA right now, um, he actually started off the game pretty slow. Um, right up until the end of the second quarter, hadn't really made his impact on the game, but. As the as the momentum of the the game continued, and as he continued to feel more and more comfortable and pick his spots, and you know had kind of sat back and deferred for the first half of the game to to kind of allow his teammates to flourish and thrive, he then decided that he would take control of the game uh, from the third quarter on and actually finish with thirty seven points, thirteen rebounds, and seven assists absolutely monster numbers especially given that he didn't have much of an impact for the first you know two quarters of this game uh drew holiday finished with 22 points six rebounds and five assists um personally i believe that uh he's one of the most underrated players in the league and uh, that's the type of performance that they can kind of count on from him every single night uh we they had bobby portis and uh, Pat Connaughton, who both contributed with 10 points off the bench. Uh, Bobby Portis had 12 big rebounds as well. So this was, you know, an, a very strong all-round performance by the books, but obviously led by their two-time MVP, uh, the Greek, Greek Greek freak, 
reminding the rest of the league why you know he is basically <laughs> the you know it, I mean I'm not sure if I fully agree with this but a lot would would think that he is the you know when it comes to ranking the best superstars in the league today that he would be right at the top of that list and uh, he did have his moments for sure there's uh, one specific highlight that comes to mind where he was down low and kind of just bullied his way to the basket and mashed it all over three of our defenders and kind of just showed that he is pretty much unstoppable when he decides that he wants to uh, kind of get to the basket but on top of that I feel like there was one specific play where he was kind of making his way down court and was dead on from the you know from the basket at the at the top of the key and just like rained a perfect three-pointer right in Julius Randle's face which obviously is not his strong suit but it was a huge momentum shifter in the game and then for <laughs> Grayson Allen somebody who I'm not a huge fan of to be the one to slowly kind of put his fingerprints all over this game and uh, finish he only finished with 11 points but it, those were every single one of those points were needed uh, he also had four assists and five rebounds and that dagger three that he hit right at the end of the game just ripped our hearts out really and uh, yeah it was <laughs> it was tough I mean if you had asked me going into this game against the Bucks, you know that like hey if we were like if you were a fortune teller and you said you know what going into the fourth quarter you're going to take it right to them and that it's going to be tied going into the last couple of minutes of the game I would have taken it absolutely um and it was just one of those games I mean we have had a bit of a propensity lately to you know to really push you know I, I suppose start off by digging ourselves into a hole and then you know fight our way out bring the game back close again and then you know, not quite a, being able to pull it out at the end. We've been right in these games. These last four losses of ours have been, you know, games that we've lost within the last five minutes of the game. It's uh, <laughs> Knicks being Knicks, I suppose, because that's something we saw a lot of last season. But, I mean, we'll get to the Mavs performance. But in this case, you know, our guys went out against elite competition play their hearts and soul and play like put everything on the court and you know it was one of those games that um you know if one or two shots go a different way if you know Julius finishes with 23 instead of 18 if you know if RJ gets to 30 you know if even Quentin Grimes who finished with seven points and five assists you know hit one more three-pointer you know <sighs> This is the roller coaster that we're on. This is the peaks and valleys of being a Knicks fan. But honestly, if we played like that every single night with that level of defensive intensity, with Mitchell Robinson basically playing like Wilt Chamberlain <laughs> and the three-headed snake combining for more than 70 points, you know, with no kind of lag in the intensity and the effort for the entirety of the game if if we could do that for you know 20 games in a row like i <laughs> i really feel like we're going to start winning some of these close games and i'm proud of our guys that was a fantastic performance and um, you know sometimes you know you win some you lose some and it's as we always say it's a long nba season 
but you know in this case we gave it our all and it just didn't go our way um which is not what i <laughs> it's not the same can't be said for the performance that we had against the Mavs last night so when we come back i'm going to break that down a little bit more and then to finish off the pod we will be bringing back craft beer corner so stay tuned i shall return shortly and we're back so coming into last night's game against the dallas mavericks our guys must have been feeling quietly confident uh even though we've just come off three losses in each of those games we were right in that in those games against some elite competition we pushed them right to the very end and we just couldn't get over the line but our intensity our effort and our commitment in each of those games could not be questioned and we really did hope to come into last night's game in the garden against Luca and the Mavs and get a much needed win. But that is not how the game turned out. Uh, we started off with the same kind of intensity that uh, pushed the um, you know the, the previous NBA champs, the Bucks, to the absolute brink in the previous game. In fact, we were actually tied 65 apiece going into the beginning of the third quarter. And then all of a sudden, the game just completely got away from us. Ex-Nick, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, scored 17 points in that quarter alone, including five three-pointers, was just absolutely scorching us from deep. Uh, Luca, who had had a really quiet first half, had been kept at just 11 points, decided to score 19 in that quarter alone after spending most of the game getting the rest of his teammates involved and he finished with the game with 30 points after being basically a non-factor in the first half so we had two games against elite opponents the books in the last game the Mavs in this game where their superstars kind of it looks like bided their time in the first half conserved their energy and then basically completely demolished us in the second half and uh you know resulting in two really demoralizing losses i mean just to take a look at some of the box scores i mean it was julius randall's turn to have a bit of a monster game finished with 24 points five rebounds and three assists and in that first quarter alone had scored 14 points and was hitting some three-pointers early uh kind of ran out of steam uh coming into that second half and into the third quarter but you know as finishing with 24 5 and 3 just kind of um you know he he did do his best given a tough game and um let's be honest a bit of uh luca brilliance and uh you know basically tim hardaway jr having the absolute game of his life uh rj was a non-factor in this game finished with 13 points, six rebounds, and three assists. And apart from Emmanuel Quickly, who finished the game with 23 points and six rebounds, most of which was in garbage time anyway, um, these numbers don't really uh, tell the story because really what happened in this game was we hit the Mavs early with an onslaught of three-pointers and some pretty decent defense. We went up as much as 15 points um, early in the second quarter. And as the game ran, went on, we just kind of ran out of steam. Uh, <laughs> like the final score 
was 121 to 100. Uh, so a 21 point Mavs blowout uh, loss. But really, the you know the the store, score line was not close. Uh, this game, uh, when <laughs> to really think about the fact that we were tied at sixty five apiece going into the third quarter, and then finished the the fourth uh, the third quarter being outscored forty one to fifteen. That's what cost us the game. There was a you know a forty five point turnaround uh, between the second half of the third into the fourth. Um, and we'd gone from being up 15 to at one point being down 30. So I think we could learn something from this game. I think that there's a little bit of a marathon mentality that we have to take into these games going forward. If if we're going to give them our absolute best super early in the game, we have to find a way to sustain that. Similarly, like as, as we did against the Bucks. Instead, our guys just kind of came out of the gates with <laughs> with kind of reckless abandon and, um, you know, just kind of immediately ran out of gas. And the class of Luca, in my mind, is the MVP uh, for this year so far, uh, shining bright. And, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. with a bit of a revenge game as the next ex nick just i mean finishing the game with 28 points and you know most of them coming from three it was a tough one i mean as i said in the in the last segment about the books game even though the final result was a six point loss 109 to 103 at least we competed at least we gave it everything we had right up until the end and it just didn't go our way. But in this game, it wasn't Tibbs that gave up on our guys. They gave up on themselves. Uh, you know, I did go through some of the box scores there, but really for the majority of the second half, our starters were sitting on the bench, you know, watching our, you know, bench warmers, uh, you know, in garbage time, like I've ne- I, that's probably the earliest kind of instance of Tibbs pulling the plug and, you know, treating almost the entire second half as garbage time. I mean, that's not, and to do that in front of the home crowd, you know, in the garden, I mean, that's a disgrace. And, uh, it's just very disheartening. Um, and really just kind of, yeah, it was a low point for sure. It was a low point of the season so far. I mean, I know that in one sense you could say, look, we were playing against two elite opponents. Um, scheduled losses, you could even suggest. I mean, we're 10 and 13 on the season, three games below 500. There are, there are at least te- three to five of those 23 games we've played so far. Um, that we could have won if our late game execution was just that little bit sharper. So really, you know, maybe the record is a fair representation of our level of consistency or lack thereof uh, in this season to date. I mean, we've had our extreme highs uh, where we've looked like absolute world beaters, looked like a team that could actually cause some damage uh, to some of the favorites in like and make a deep playoff run 
But then we have games like this where it was just a tough watch. Um, you could almost kind of pinpoint the exact moment that everything any everything just kind of went to shit. Um, is when Tim Hardway Jr. I think hit three back to back to back threes, um, and honestly just looked like he was going to score every time he touched the ball. It just seemed to break our guy's spirit, and uh, pretty quickly. And uh, now, in, in fairness, part of it was that Luca, who had been kept at bay up to that point, uh, kind of reminded everybody why he is, you know, potentially the MVP of the league this year, um, and kind of finally started making some shots. Um, but look, you don't, you just don't want to go out like this. That's what it comes down to. It's like. You're going up against an elite Western Conference opponent. You were right there with them, sixty tied at sixty-five at the beginning of the third, and you just got completely blown away. And I mean, look, maybe they're the better team, or at least they were on this night. And you know, and if they go all the way to the Western Conference Finals like they did last year, we'll say, okay, well that makes sense. But I mean, to to take a game like this, which could have been such. A, reg- a, re- a revenge game for our guy, Jalen Brunson, against his former team, turned into kind of a nightmare experience. I mean, he only finished the game with 13 points, three assists and two rebounds. And, I mean, the game had kind of gotten out of hand. And, you know, obviously Tibbs is looking forward to tonight's game against the Cavs, another really tough opponent, and saying, okay, it's not our, it's not our night. Let's regroup. Let's let's try and learn as much as we can from the last, you know, seventy-two hours, and let's go into this game against another really tough Eastern Conference opponent and try and capture a bit more of that magic that we had uh, against the Bucks. But this is a forgettable game. Uh, pretty phenomenal performance by Luca. Um, you know, on a Side note that is non-Knicks related. Um, I'm a big Luca fan. I think that somebody who ha- was a shoe-in for you know with a future Hall of Famer, basically, you know, people knew that within within the first minute or two of his first game in the NBA. I mean, this is somebody that's been in the spotlight since he was 14 or 15. He was playing in EuroBasket with grown men as like 17 18 and won two back-to-back mv mvps where the grown men on his team were deferring to him like as the alpha on that team i mean the the idea that bill simmons of all people was on his podcast saying this guy is literally larry bird but better like how could he not go number one overall Um, and then you know bill has had some whiffs like he did point to Austin Rivers as being a as being a better overall player than Damian Lillard, which is laughable now uh, looking back on it. But he was right about Luca, and I mean, there's going to be a time when LeBron retires, uh, you know, Steph as well, and all these like this passing of the guard will take place, and right at the top of that will be Giannis, Luca, and probably Jason Tatum. So, I mean, there's no there's no dishonor or shame in losing to a Luka-led Mavericks team, but it's just how we lost, and it's how we performed, and it's how we just kind of gave up on ourselves in the second half, and, you know, 
we should never be in the position where garbage time is the entire fourth quarter and we're already looking forward to the next game because this game is just so far out of reach. So let's work hard to put in the back of our mind. Let's uh, take our licks, you know, take it on, just take it, uh, <laughs> take it on our shoulders, but learn from it and go into tonight's game against the Cavs and, uh, you know, get a much-deserved and much-needed win, uh, hopefully. So, fingers crossed. Anyway, um, with that said, uh, when I come back from the final break of the podcast, I'm going to uh, bring you guys back into the wonderful place that is Craft Beer Corner. So, uh, hold up. I will be back shortly. And finally, we're back, and it's the triumphant re- return of Craft Beer Corner. You guys have been asking about it. Apologies. Uh, I've just felt like there's been a lot more like pressing things that have been heavy on my heart that I felt that I need to share with you guys over the last handful of episodes. But given that Christmas is just around the corner, I thought we'd get a little festive in this episode and give you some recommendations as we go headfirst into silly season. So the first recommendation I wanted to make would be an amazing beer by Hope here in Dublin called Handsome Jack. I've uh, mentioned this before in the podcast. It's an IPA. It's citrusy, malty, and bitter is what it says here. And I think that could not explain it better. Um, It's a top-class IPA. It probably is my single favorite beer that's out at the moment which is a big thing coming from me but it's one of those that as soon as I see that sick handsome Jack logo the the skull with the one handsome left eye <laughs> I feel like yep yeah, I have to try it. like there's if I'm going into the off license to do a bit of this I gather the assortment of different craft beers this has to be the first one that I take out because it is fucking incredible so uh, that's our first beer on Craft Beer Corner this week. The second beer has to, um, you know, Hope has to get a second shout out. Um, they, these guys are clearly doing something incredible and it's always good to kind of put a spotlight on a local brewery. Um, Hope is right here in Dublin, so it's it's worthwhile, um, especially if they're doing some incredible things and making some amazing beers. Uh, the next beer would be their Hop On. It's a session IPA. And it's more juicy, hazy, and tropical um, by nature. Now, to be honest, I think this is actually a little bit more of your standard hazy, like kind of fruity IPA. And um, it's a little bit less harsh than the finish on the Handsome Jack. It's something that you could definitely, you know, drink a handful of, um, you know, in a cozy pub or. If you're just looking for something crafty that's easy to drink, that um, you know, still has that bit of a bite to it, that little bit of bitter hops to it, um, the hop on, you know, as the name might suggest, uh, is your perfect candidate for that. And also, um, again, hats off to Hope for their the design element of their beers because the you know the with the picture on the hop on is the uh, the dart. Uh, the public transportation here in Dublin and like to see that front and center um, on a beer that obviously has 
you know quite a wide distribution it's just a it's another great achievement um you know to put a local brewery like this uh on the map uh you know here in dublin in europe and kind of around the world so hats off to hope brewery and you know they have two entries on today's craft beer corner the next one that I wanted to mention is actually an incredible beer by Trouble Brewing. Um, Trouble Brewing are an interesting outfit. Um, they're another local brewery that uh, I've actually tried a lot of their beers in a couple of craft beer uh, events and kind of workshops that have happened here in Dublin over the last few months. Uh, as soon as we saw this can, I just felt like I had to give it a try. It's all black. It's called the Vietnam IPA with kind of that old style, the old style kind of <laughs> like atomic bomb uh, uh, kind of uh, imagery on there. Uh, honestly, I would say that this is more of, it says it's an IPA that it's, you know, five five and a half percent. And so it's a little stronger than, or a little weaker, should I say, than the standard IPA. And that kind of is, what the the mouthfeel that you get from this it's i think it leans more towards being one of those larger ipas similar to brooklyn lager for example and um, it's not as hoppy as the first two that i've mentioned and definitely easier to drink if you're looking for a little bit of a an on-ramp to trying a more crafty beer but still trying to stay in that kind of safe zone of what you're used to. And honestly, it's a really good place to start because it's still a quality beer. And the next one that I wanted to mention today, it has to get a shout out because it's still another, it's still right up there, I'd say in my top two or three beers that I really, really love at the moment. It's the Full Sail IPA by Galway Bay Brewery. Um, Every one of the beers that Galway Bay um, are putting out at the moment would be as good as it gets in terms of just consistency and just the, the even the strength of the flavors and, and the kind of overall creativity that they're taking into each one of these beers is it's uh, <laughs> the only the only criticism I could make is that I would love to be. Uh, I would love if they were based here in Dublin so that I could, you know, give another Dublin brewery a big shout out. But they are, as the name suggests, um, from the West, <laughs> uh, based out there in Galway. And, and uh, they're doing some incredible stuff because this full, full sale IBA, I would say, out of every beer that we've mentioned today is probably the fruitiest uh, mouthfeel and very tropical, very fruity, very hoppy. It's like if you took what a standard IPA should be and just turned everything up to a thousand um, and just had a truly intense but wonderful uh, kind of mouthfeel and overall drinking experience. Uh, the Full Cell IPA is one of the best out there. Um, it's It would be a tough, tough toss-up really between uh, the, the Full Sail and the Handsome Jack, um, you know, because they're both very similar. Um, but I would say the full sale probably just edges it out just with that more of a refreshing tropical, uh, you know, finishing note. So, yeah, it's uh, it's one of my favorites. It's probably going to get a few more shout outs on this podcast going forward. Um, but, yeah, keep up the good work in Galway Bay. And I'm looking forward to trying whatever you guys decide to bring out over the next few months. And then to finish off Craft Beer Corner uh, for today, um, I did try another beer uh, called uh, Snubble Juice from 
forgive me if I'm not pronouncing this correctly, but it says like two OI and the the second part is like the O with the cross through it. Um, I've seen a few of these beers. They they clearly have a very design centric um like kind of ethos because every single one of their like their cans and the bottles and everything is very visually appeasing appealing and very um eye-catching this has it's a session pale ale snubble juice it has a kind of ombre sunset kind of tag or or like a like a label around the can and uh you know it, it caught my eye primarily because of the name just a funny name uh sounded like a fake name for like a beer that you would have in like harry potter or something uh, but i thought i'd give it a try i've never had it before and it was absolutely incredible uh very easy to drink very tame in a good way and um, you could drink 10 of these and uh have a really good time doing it Um, very refreshing uh honestly just when i told when i mentioned that with the full sale it was like every aspect of your standard IPA turned up to a thousand. I would say that on that scale, this would be everything at about a cam three fifty across the board. Uh, it's very very easy and just a lovely mouthfeel. Very like just easy to drink, lovely beer, and uh, no no complaints on my end. Uh, I'll definitely be getting some more of that going forward. So that's been craft beer corner, guys. Um, a couple of really good recommendations just to recap it was two to, to kick it off was two uh, from hope it was the handsome jack and the hop on then we had vietnam by trouble brewing full sale uh, ipa by galway bay brewery and then to finish it off with some snow juice so give it a go give each one of them a try over this holiday season and uh you know drop me a message on instagram if, if you you know to give me some feedback and to let you let me know what you thought of each of them uh, this is something that i'm gonna try and be more consistent about in terms of actually finding the time to, to and carving out the time to include this you know this craft beer corner on more episodes going forward and um, i hope this was helpful <laughs> i hope that we can uh when you hear from me again um in the next episode we'll be celebrating a much needed win against the Cavs uh tonight uh, but until next time guys uh, merry christmas and Let's go Knicks!